12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. My next guest needs no introduction, actually. A very well-known name in the F&B industry in Singapore associated with the world's 50 best bars. It is none other than Jesse Vita, former head bartender at Atlas. And it's my pleasure to welcome him onto the show. How are you, Jesse? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. How are you, bud? Yeah, really good. Finally, glad to speak to you, have you on the show. Everyone probably asks you, Jesse, what was your earliest you know, inspiration to getting into this F&B industry, particularly like bartending? What can you recall? I feel like I have a story that is in line with a lot of people's stories because, you know, traditionally F&B, it's one of those careers that, you know, it's not generally the path that like your family sets you on or that school sets you on. It's something that you just kind of naturally gravitate towards. And uh, I was going to university. I was about 20 years old and, and basically a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine, he started working at a bar and you know, I was broke college student, so uh, I needed to make some money, needed a job, and he kind of recommended me to take a role as a bar back at a entry-level bar position at a cocktail bar in San Francisco. This was in 2007, 2008, um, and I started doing that while I was going to school, and I just fell in love with it. I, I, I just loved every part about it, and uh, the thing that got me, and I, I still tell people this to this day, is what made me fall in love with it outside of just like the romance in general of cocktails spirits working with people was it was the first job I'd ever had where I woke up and like I wasn't bummed to go to work I was like excited and happy to go to work and to be honest like that feeling hasn't dissipated even 15 years later yeah it's all about the passion and you just knew from day one and you haven't looked back since but if you weren't a bartender Jesse what would you have become Well, I was going to be a high school history teacher, or I guess they would call secondary school here. That was the original career path, and I was going to school for it. Um, I loved history, loved teaching, and I just always had a passion for those things. And it was something I I really felt strongly I knew I wanted to do. And that's actually kind of how everything connected is I've been able to scratch that itch because there's so much history and lore and legend when it comes to spirits and cocktails. And of course, I, I get to teach and train constantly in this business. So that was the original path. Yeah, I was just going to say, because history requires a lot of memory and like learning and teaching and all these facts. And you've taken that into your current profession. But if I had to ask you, what was the first cocktail that you made? Can you recall what it exactly was? I can tell you the first proper cocktail I drank. <laughs> I have more of a tied memory to that. I can't really remember the first cocktail I, I made. It was probably like a vodka soda or something like that. But uh, <laughs> the first like proper cocktail I drank where I had that whole like I had this very aha moment, which really like was another piece of the puzzle that really like t- turned me on to bartending. I had a drink called a Sazerac, which is a classic cocktail. Rye whiskey, sometimes with cognac as well. Peychaud's bitters, absinthe. Um, and a little bit of sugar, so it's kind of like an old-fashioned style cocktail without without the ice in it, but like stirred, stirred, and served neat. And I just remember taking a sip of this cocktail, and I swear till this day, I like this moment is like frozen in time in my mind. I just remember everything about where I was, the setting. Like I remember exactly where I was sitting on the bar. I remember it was like you know early evening. There was still some sunlight going through the glass panes of the bar restaurant. I remember on my left there was like all these little tables, and there was one couple 
couple sitting at one and I this cocktail it hit my lips and I just like it blew my mind. I didn't realize that one could enjoy the journey so much towards, you know, getting that warm fuzzy feeling by, you know, drinking proper cocktails and that that moment also uh definitely changed the direction of my career in life. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the moment Jesse Vida knew his true calling. He knew yeah. <laughs> that he was going to excel in this industry. Jesse, you spent a lot of time in the US. Of course, you were born in California. You worked your way around the bars there. And then you moved to Singapore in 2018. So what actually made you move here? I mean, you could have gone anywhere else. Why Singapore? Well, I'll give you the the short story um, is, is basically I had an opportunity. I, I started the last three, four years. I was in New York, I guess I would say kind of when my career started to really take an upward arc. I got the opportunity to start really traveling a lot and I started traveling around the world, you know, doing you know seminars, classes, guest shifts at different bars. And these travels brought me to Singapore in January of 2018, where we did a talk with a trade at the Manhattan Bar, the Regent. And then we did a quick tour of the city and then we went and sped back to New York. And I, I think I was literally on airplanes longer than I was here in Singapore, going back and forth. I was only here for like two and a half days. And um you know, I enjoyed Singapore. I, I felt like I really didn't get quite enough of it so quickly. And because I was working for a lot of that time, I think I only had basically like one night to go out and see some of the bars and see the city. And um, I was intrigued by it. And I, I there was something that resonated uh, with me about the cocktail scene here. But to be honest, I kind of just like moved on and went back to work. And then I think a couple months later, I was in Madrid doing another, you know, one of these kind of exposés on, on cocktails and spirits and, and representing the bar I was running in New York. And yeah, basically, I saw like an, uh, an advert for a position here at the, at the Raffles Hotel to like revitalize the long bar. Of course, the famous cocktail bar here in Singapore at the Raffles Hotel, where the Singapore sling is from. And yeah, long story short, I kind of dropped dropped a line to someone who was involved in the project. And I was just curious because I was at that point, I was kind of thinking of moving on and uh, leaving New York. And, you know, that inquiry led to a whole whirlwind of chats and interviews. But long after months of back and forth, it actually didn't end up working out. And they went in another direction. So I just kind of went on with my life. And probably a couple months later, I got a phone call basically uh, asking if I'd be interested to interview for the head bartender position at Atlas. And I suppose that's where you say the rest is history, huh? Yeah, the rest is history. What a journey it's been for you. I mean, the best part of four years you spent at Atlas and now it's the end of an era. But Jesse, you also recently, I want to say too recently, but became a new dad. This was while you were working at Atlas. How much did that change your life and all your priorities as well? Yes, well, actually, eight months ago, I became a father. So my son is eight months old, um, baby Cyrus. And um, yeah, I mean, wow, it's a... of course, changed my life massively, changed my priorities, uh, changed change even like my, my ambitions into, and, and kind of lit a fire under me to, uh, to actually make some changes, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's a whole new world and, and it's like your priorities, you know, either quickly or kind of, you know, over a couple of months really start to shift and it's really not about you anymore it's not about kind of like the selfishness of your career to a certain respect it's about what path is going to create the best future for your family you know what i mean so that's changed a lot i mean i certainly go out a lot less i drink a lot less i'm uh, i'm not out as late as i as i used to be as often as i used to be so it's a big change in lifestyle and all that but it's for all the right reasons and it's it's really an amazing uh an amazing thing i mean nothing's like it 
responsibility. That's exactly what it was, you know. I mean, you did say your life completely just changed. But when you looked into Cyrus's eyes for the first time, right? Did you know right then that everything was behind you once and for all, and that was your future? It's like so much more complicated even to put into one sentence mm-hmm. um, because you know I mean I I'd heard all the stories from friends and other people about you know what it's like to to have a kid or to have kids and it's it's just truly something that like you can't really describe it fully but it's just like this another it's this whole different level of like love and responsibility and it's like I don't know I, I, it's really hard to describe but I mean everything changed definitely. Yeah, I mean, just the way you speak about it, it shows how much has changed. We're in conversation with Jesse Vida, of course, a very well-known name in the F&B industry in Singapore, formerly head bartender at Atlas, and now a father to baby Cyrus. Jesse, the landscape of the cocktail scene in Singapore has changed dramatically since you got here. If you had to pin it down to maybe a few reasons why this industry keeps going from strength to strength. There's definitely multiple reasons on that um so firstly why is singapore such a, a unique and special market in fmb and why has it risen so quickly so on, on the ground level from from a business standpoint there's a couple of things that make singapore unique so one is just the, the population both local citizens um as well as expats because you know locals grow up um, eating in hawker centers you know going out for supper pretty constantly right so there's like this constant culture of going out to eat you know seven days a week basically even if it's as casual as across the street or going out so now you have uh singaporeans between the ages of 20 and whatever 50 60 that you know if they have some disposable income yeah why not go out for on a monday night or a tuesday night for drinks and dinner because you've been doing it your whole life to a certain respect right so there's there's that culture ingrained where in a lot of cultures around the world it's much more like you sit at home and eat with your family you know um five days a week and then maybe you go out friday saturday night but here it's kind of an everyday thing the hawker culture would be with your family as well but it's still it's that going out ingrained in you right and expats of course wherever they live around the world they're always going to go out more often even through the weekdays and stuff so it creates this like unique thing where like people who live here are always going out like um for for food and drinks which is great for fmb uh, second thing, the incredibly high tax on alcohol kind of evens the playing field. So that's another reason why you see so many cocktail bars here and there's a constant demand for it because you're going to pay $20 for a martini at any whatever bar. So why not pay 22 and or 24 and have them at you know a world-class cocktail bar, which is in your backyard, which is amazing. Also, the scene grew so rapidly here. And I mean, like how quickly Singapore put its name next to New York and London as one of the great F&B hubs in the world. It's, pre- it's pretty amazing. But with that rapid growth, there's also still a lot of areas where it hasn't been saturated yet. There's concepts that haven't been done here yet that have all been done many times before in places like New York and London. So it creates all this room. And I would say lastly, the constant exposure that we get here in Singapore from the best bartenders, the best bars around the world, like they're constantly coming to Singapore. And that is also something that causes for rapid growth because people are learning these these techniques, they're learning these programs and concepts 
um, on a constant basis. So that breeds inspiration and it, and it just makes that whole process of learning so much more rapid where, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when these things weren't so available really anywhere in the world, everyone had to figure everything out on their own, you know, by learning and doing. So you put all these things together and you kind of have the recipe for like a perfect cocktail place, not to mention, you know, Singapore being such an international hub, you know, the quote unquote gateway to Asia, also just the travel point for Southeast Asia. It really makes like this kind of perfect mix uh, for Singapore to continue to accelerate and grow. And, and I think we're also at a point right now where we're starting to see more of you know, the kind of second, third generation of Singaporean bartenders are starting to take their crack at bar ownership. They're getting more of these head bartender um, opportunities. For example, um, the person who has taken over for me at Atlas, uh, Yana, she's the new head bartender there. She's a Singaporean, a female Singaporean. And like, you know, like she's joining the unique ranks of being, you know, a small handful of, you know, the first female Singaporean bartenders to be, to be heading a marquee cocktail program here. So, yeah, you mix all these things together and it, it really makes sense that Singapore is just constantly rapidly expanding and growing and still doing things at a very high level. We're incredibly blessed, actually, to have all these bars on our doorstep. And it's just what a journey that they've been through. Before I let you go, Jesse, I have to ask you, you were part of that journey. How does it feel? What does it mean to you on a personal note to have gone through it, even with all the challenges that the COVID-19 pandemic has posed to you and the F&B industry here? The recovery that you've had, how do you feel about it all? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely challenging. I mean, you know, it's um, to anyone listening out there, like whether you're whether you've ever worked in F&B or you just enjoy it or you don't know, really know anything about it, you know, to run a world class program. I mean, it's 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 the same effort level to be the best, the best at anything, to be the best radio host, to be the best insurance broker, to be the best whatever you do like if you want to be the best in the world and recognize as one of the best in the world like the effort the time you know the hours like the how much of your personality and yourself you need to put into something like it's not for the faint of heart it's it's very challenging it's also very rewarding so to be going to be continuing to you know work in that that type of way and that type of mind frame but you know to have so much unknown to be shut down to not know if you know the business is going to have enough money to sustain you know are we going to have to let go of staff which is heartbreaking which luckily we didn't really have to do much of for any of our full-time employees but like there's it, it was just obviously such a time of uncertainty and 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 there's also to be honest like a lot of disenfranchisement because you know, I think a lot of people uh, in working in F&B really felt like we were the scapegoat, right? Because everything was like, close the bars, close the bars, close the restaurants. They're the problem. But we were never the problem. There was never <laughs> there was never any evidence to prove that there were some spreading events happening at bars and restaurants. It's just mm. not true. You know, like things came come in waves or they don't. Like, that's just how it is. You can't you can't stop it, really. To shorten my answer a little bit, it was very challenging. At times, it was disheartening. But there's also a resilience, you know. And I think, really, at the end of the day, to its core, whether it's a cocktail bar or a place to just grab a beer pub on the corner there's something that's true about human beings and we love community and whether you're sitting by yourself at the bar the reason people come to bars and sit by themselves is because they're still surrounded by people it's just a natural human instinct so restaurants will never die bars will never die as long as humans are inhabiting this planet you know that like it's always going to be a thing it's always going to be a necessity whether or not people realize it's important it's it's the backbone of community in any place you know what i mean so 
to answer your question, yes, it was super challenging, but the resilience of people in this business is certainly inspiring to myself. And uh, I'm very happy and proud to be part of this industry. The brilliant Jesse Vida. He might have left Atlas, but I'm sure we'll see him, you know, whipping out some delicious cocktails in the near future. Been in conversation with the main man, Jesse Vida, former head bartender at Atlas and now independent for the time being. But I'm sure we'll see you back behind the bar very soon. Thank you so much for your time, Jesse, and uh, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Take it easy. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.